We're starting the Maimah Kish Alcha Bincha. The Maimah Kish Alcha is a Maimah which the Rebbe said, Yud Aleph Nisan Tavshin Lamid Ches. And when you review the Maimah, you should make sure to go over the texts inside that are associated with the Maimah, the text from the Haggadah, as well as the text from the Pasuk, the Psukim rather, in Chumash and Parshas Veschanan. The Ben HaChacham asks a question, as stated in the Pasuk in Parshas Veschanan, Kishalcha Bincha Machar Leymar, your child will ask you tomorrow. Tomorrow, Rashi says, Yesh Machar Laachar Zman, it means in a long time. Leymar will ask you as follows. Ma ha'edus v'achukim v'amishpatim asher tziva Hashem alekeinu eschem. What are these edus, chukim, and mishpatim, mitzvahs, that Hashem has commanded you? This is the Pasuk in Parshas Vayeschana. And according to the way that this is presented in the Haggadah, the Maimer teaches us that she'ela zu, this question, it's the question of the Ben HaChacham. Interestingly, it's the Ben HaChacham's question, which is first in the Haggadah, but last in the Chumash. In the Chumash, the questions are asked in Shemois. It's the Ben HaChacham's question, which is asked all the way in Devarim. But this Ben HaChacham's question is last in Chumash. So Sha'ila Zuhi Sha'ilas Ben Achacham, this question is the question of the Ben Achacham. Kameshikasav Bahagada, as it says in the Agada, Chacham Mahu Aimer, Maha Edis Gaimer. What does the Chacham ask? And it literally has these words in his question. So you see that the Baal Haggadah interprets this question that it says in Parshas Veschanan as the question of the wise son. Now, what does it mean to be wise? What does it mean to be smart? Is it measured by IQ? Is it measured by how much math you know? You know a lot of math. What does it mean to be smart? So in the Torah, we have the answer to that question. In the Torah it says, Kihi chachmaschem ubenaschem le'ene ha'amim. If you look in Ha'ara 4, on the bottom of the page, you have that pasuk quoted, Kihi chachmaschem ubenaschem le'ene ha'amim. The Torah is your wisdom. In other words, to be a chacham, to be termed and called a chacham, according to Torah, Talmud chacham, a chacham means that you have appreciation and knowledge of Torah. This is what makes a Yid wise. But the question is, if this boy whom we're talking to is a Ben HaChacham, then how could it be that he's asking a question, etc.? This we're going to see in the Maimur. Let's read it inside. It's known the question in the Maimurim of the Rabbeim. If this boy is called a Chacham, 
And in the brackets it says the Amitas Hakachma Hichachma Satera. The true Chachma is the wisdom of Tera. And we saw with regard to this note four in the Maimer. Certainly, he knows the mitzvahs. So then we have the question, If he's a wise person, then certainly he knows Sefer HaChinuch. He knows Sefer HaMitzvah Rambam from beginning to end. He's gone through the 613 mitzvahs. He doesn't need to ask a question, what are these mitzvahs? But the Maimer develops this question and asks it on a deeper level as well. If we could add to this question. The Mehem Shech the Pasuk continues over there in Vaschanon, and it tells you what to answer him. Now if you look in the Haggadah, it has a different response. And the Mepharshim explain how to merge the two responses. We won't worry currently about the response in the Haggadah. We'll put that on the side for now. But in the Torah it says the following. It says, Va'amarta levincha, you should say to your child that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. It has several psukim over there, which you could read again in the link that I sent to you or open up a chumash and look at it inside. But it says you should say to your child that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim and Hashem instructed us to perform all of these chukim, all of these mitzvahs. And the Pasuk concludes over there, because it's good for us. Now, the Maimer is emphasizing in this part of the question, if you wish we could call it question two, the second question. The Maimer is emphasizing in this part of the question that from the answer, you're able to discern what the question was. Sometimes we're learning something and we see a question, we don't really get the question. You're learning a Taisvis. You don't understand what is Taisvis asking? What's bothering Taisvis? But if you see the answer that Taisvis says, you're able to figure out his question. And Rashi and Chumash, we do that all the time because Rashi doesn't specify his question in Chumash. It's a basic question in Pshat and the Pasuk, but in order to know what was bothering Rashi, you need to figure out what does Rashi respond, what does Rashi answer, and from that you're able to figure out the question. Here too, from the response that the Torah gives us to the question of the Ben HaChacham, we're able to discern what was the Ben HaChacham's question. What's the response? So we're responding to him that we have to do mitzvahs. Why? Why do we have to do mitzvahs? So we tell him that it's lanu. It's for our own good. It's not for me that I want you to be by chesidus on time 7.30, not 7.45. It's for you. It's for your own good. It's lanu. It's for our good that Hashem instructed us to do these mitzvahs. 
Shemivarim, we explain Hamayla Shabakiyama Mitzvah, the advantage of Kiyama Mitzvah, Litoyvlanu Gaimer, that it's for our good. Muvan, it's understood. Shapirush, that the explanation of Maha Eidos Gaimer, what are these mitzvahs? Humahu Inyin Hamitzvah. It's what's the idea of the mitzvahs? What type of advantage do they have? Now the Mimer is asking a further question. A more advanced question than the question that we just asked. We need to understand how is it possible that a wise child can ask a question like this. In other words, there are two types of questions. One question is chiser yedia, lack of knowledge. You don't know. You can't be born knowing everything. Although most teenagers know everything. Mm-hmm. And when I was a teenager, I also knew everything. Wow. I forgot, I guess. You can't be born knowing everything. You're supposed to spend your life Learning, advancing. So although the question of the Ben HaChacham, Vachukim, if the question is a simple, basic question, what are the mitzvahs? It shows us that he doesn't know Sefer HaChinuch yet. And if he doesn't know Sefer HaChinuch, you could challenge and say, is this really a Talmud Chacham? He doesn't even know Sefer HaChinuch. But Al-Kopanim, the question shows a lack of knowledge. But a question challenging, what is the point of the mitzvahs? mitzvahs. What's the point? Why are we doing this? Why even bother? That's a question which shows a distinct lack of wisdom. Not just a lack of knowledge, a lack of appreciation, a lack of understanding, a lack of wisdom. He does not recognize that doing a mitzvah is something that's our good, for our good. That means that he's very clouded. He's very blocked by the enticements, the nonsense, the confusion of this world. And he doesn't see clearly what's true and what's false, what's real and what's fake. So this is an even deeper question. Can this be called a wise man? A wise man is someone who thinks that what is good for us, what's good for us is having a nice car to drive and the latest model iPhone. That's wisdom. Wisdom is to appreciate the value of mitzvahs. Now we're going to take this to one step more. A third question, if you may. It's not understood even more. Even more it's not understood. The habir, the explanation and the idea of the mitzvahs. Ba'atshuva, in the answer which we say. So, really, 
we quoted only a part of the answer earlier in the last sentences. But if you look more carefully over there in the Psukim, you'll see that the father is telling the child, he's telling him two things. Number one, he's telling him, Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim and he instructed us to do all of the mitzvahs. In other words, why do you have to do the mitzvahs? You have to do the mitzvahs because you have to. Because that's what you were told to do. It's not up to you. You're not a baldavar. Your opinion doesn't matter. If you like it or you don't, if you appreciate it or not, you have to do it because you have to do it. And Hashem commanded us. And that's why we have to do it. Period. The Kivon Shahitianim in Mitzrayim, since Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, then just like in Mitzrayim, why did we have to schlep and build and mix and sweat? Because Parry told us to. Did we enjoy it? Did we appreciate it? Did we like it? Was there a purpose for it? Perhaps not. But we have to do it because Parry told us to. It's the same also with mitzvahs. We have to do it, one second, Gavi, because Hashem told us to. Since Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, we are Mishubadim to Him. We're subjugated to Him to do His mitzvahs. We have to do the mitzvahs because Hashem told us. The oid inyin became a mitzvah. And then we also tell the Ben Achacham another idea in the fulfillment of mitzvah, that they are indeed something which is good for us. They are something which benefits us. In other words, ultimately it's for our own good that Hashem instructed us to do the mitzvah. It's for our own benefit. Now the Maimer asks, from this, from this, that in the answer of Vamarta Lubincha, in the answer to the Ben Achacham, we say two things. Move on, it's understood. That both of them are a novelty to the sun. They're both something which is introducing to the Ben Achacham something which he did not know earlier. Not just that it's L'tayv Lanu, but even that it's a basic Indian of Kabbalah Sal. V'einay Muvan, and this is something which is difficult to understand. The Me'achar She'einay Yedea Indian HaMitzvahs. If this Ben Achacham does not know, not just what the mitzvahs are, but he doesn't, in not knowing the point of the mitzvahs, not only does he not know that the mitzvahs are for our good, not only does he not know that the mitzvahs are for our good, he does not even appreciate that we have to do the mitzvahs just because that's what we have to do because of Kabbalah Sol, because that's what Hashem instructed us. It's like he hasn't even read the Torah. How can we call him a Ben Achacham?
the Maimer over here, we have the way that the Rebbe is explaining to us, the way that this Maimer is explaining to us, it's telling us, what do you need to be a Chacham? And how deep a lack of Chachma can reach. The most basic element of being even a shred of a Chacham is to know that you have to do mitzvahs just because you have to do them. If you don't even have that appreciation, if you say, why do I have to do mitzvahs? Why do I have to put on tefillin in the morning? Why do I have to do what Hashem asked me to do? Then you can't even think of calling yourself a ben achacham. Then, deeper than that, is to have the appreciation and the recognition that when we do mitzvahs, it's lifting us up. It's developing us as people. It's making us into better people. The objective of mitzvahs is for us, not for Hashem. Hashem doesn't get anything by our putting on tefillin. We get something. And then there's the practical knowledge, the knowledge of what the mitzvahs themselves are. From the question and the answers to the Ben HaChacham, it seems clear that the Ben HaChacham does not possess any of these. How then can he be called a Ben HaChacham? That's what the Maimir tells us. Gavi, go ahead. We do have free will. We have free will to do it or not to do it. Our obligation to do it, though, is not free will. We have a basic obligation to Hashem, even if we don't want to. We don't choose to be a Yid. We don't wake up in the morning and say, am I going to be Jewish today or not? We wake up, we're Jewish, we have an obligation to jump out of bed, to say, and be by chsidis no later than 7.29 and 59 seconds. It's not a choice. That's just Kabbalah soul. We have to do it because we have to do it. And in that sense, Gavi, we have to do it just like we had to do it to Pari. The difference is that <laughs> with Pare, it was useless and abuse. And with the Abishter, it's the contrary. With the Abishter, it's the most beautiful and deep action, which is lifting us up and making us into people who are connected to Hashem and projecting Hashem's presence here in this world. But the the fact that we are Mishubadim Loi, that we are subjugated to Him, that Ilu Loi hates Hashem as I've said in Mitzrayim. If Hashem had not taken our forefathers out of Mitzrayim, then 
Anu Banainu Bnei Banainu would still be Meshubadim Leparibim Mitzrayim. So therefore now we're Meshubadim Tashem. That's a basic principle which underlies everything. That's the concept of Kabbalah Sol. Now of course we have the free choice to throw that yoke off of our shoulders. With Para, if we threw that yoke off of our shoulders, then we would immediately get whipped. With Hashem, when we throw that yoke off of our shoulders, we don't immediately get whipped. But the negative effect is much deeper than getting whipped. The negative effect of Prikasal, of throwing that yoke off of our shoulders, is much worse. You understand? So, so, so basically, to answer your question, the concept that we have freedom of religion and not coercion of religion is a fallacy. Religion is coerced. It's just coerced in a very subtle way. But we have to do the mitzvahs, whether we like it or not. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Gavi. You should not stop questioning as long as you have questions. As long as you have questions, you should ask. You don't have to be a Chacham immediately. But the truth is that there's two types of questions that you could ask. You could ask a question like a Ben HaChacham. Now there's various levels of the Ben HaChacham and this Maimer itself, we're going to go level after level into the question of the Ben HaChacham. We're not going to suffice with just one perspective. We're going to go deeper and deeper in understanding what he's asking and in that giving us a, a deeper and deeper appreciation of what mitzvahs are all about. That's what the whole point of this mime is going to be. But you need to ask. You could ask sometimes, why do I have to do that? In a way like, I'm not interested. Or you could ask, of course I'm going to put on tefillin. But could you explain to me more about putting on tefillin? Why are we putting on tefillin? Now the words of the question are exactly the same. But the tone, the background, the energy around it is very different. So that's asking a question like a Ben HaChacham or like the opposite, the second son in the Haggadah. Clear? But one, one thing is for sure, like I said, never stop asking questions. Questions are fundamental of Yiddishkeit. That's something that we see in the Haggadah, that the whole Haggadah is based on questions. And the whole Haggadah, the, the whole Torah, the whole Messiah of Yiddishkeit is, you need the child to ask. And the worst thing is, if the child doesn't care enough to ask. A child who's indifferent, that's the worst. That's even worse than a Ben Arasha. Um, can we just say that the Chacham um, is just asking this kind of like, so he should get an answer, kind of like the devil's advocate? The the way that it's being presented over here in the Pasuk, in the Haggadah, is this is a question and answer which is helping develop his knowledge. He's not just asking the question as a springboard, 
the way that a person needs to ask the question, regardless of if he has a child, he has to ask himself the Manishtana and give himself the answer of Adam Ayinul He's not just asking the question as a springboard, he's asking the question because this is a question which actually bothers him, and the father is there in order to develop his knowledge and give him over certain fundamentals of emuna, of Yiddishkeit, that he can then bring on to his children in the right time. Um, I must have missed it in the beginning, but where is this, um, where is this story from? Is it the Haggadah? In the Haggadah it brings it out, but this Pasuk that we're starting with is a Pasuk in Parshas Vashchanan. In Perik Vav of Parshas Vashchanan, it starts with Pasuk Chaf and it goes all the way to Pasuk Chaf Dalid or Chaf Hey, I don't remember which one. Okay? So those are our initial three questions, three questions which are all part of one question. The bottom line question is, how do we give him this title of Ben We also have to understand. Like it specifies in the Maimarim. This that it says, that Hashem, our God, has commanded you. Eschem v'loyesanu. You and not us. Now, perhaps you remember from the Haggadah that the second son, Shalom Bey, you remember the second son? Who was he? The Ben Harasha. What did he say? What did he say? What was his question? Does anyone remember? Why are you involving me in your Torah? Right. What is this work that you're doing? And the Baal Haggadah immediately interjects and says, He's saying you and not him. Knock out his teeth. One of the most violent sections that we have in Yiddishkeit. Capital punishment. He asks a question you don't like, knock out his teeth, right? You ever got your teeth knocked out? No. Not yet. Not yet. Not asking question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's interesting, just as a general point, the word Russia is gematria. What? Um, of a mark over here. 570. The word Sadik is Gematria. What? No. It's the word <laughs> the word Sadik is Gematria. 204. What? 204. Uh, well, um, 204. Take the word Shinov out of the word Russia, you'll get the Gematria of Sadik. His teeth. Knock out his teeth. If you take the word Shinov out of the word Russia, you'll get Sadiq. But this is the response to the Ben HaRasha. Why? Because he used one wrong word. What was the wrong word he used? You. You. But take a look at the question of the Ben HaRasha. He also says, 
that Hashem, our God, has commanded you. Eschem v'leyesanu. You and not us. The Russia's question, too, is so much better. It, is, it seems to be even better than the Chacham's question. We know why we have to do mitzvahs, but the Ben Russia is saying, why did you involve us in the first place? Moha Veda, but yeah. Vagam, and even though, Dal Yudesha, so the basic answer to this question that it says in the Mepharshim is that the Chacham says, Hashem Aleikeinu, Hashem, our God. And by saying our God, he automatically included himself. And therefore, Ein Makim There is no place, Litois, to make a mistake. That Shemitsi, that he's taking himself, Chasvishalam, out, Esatzmai, Mehaklau, from the general. Klal Yisrael from the rest of Yidin. In other words, he's not saying you are not me. Lachem v'leiloi, mikal makim. Nevertheless, sarich beer. We need explanation over here. Masha oimer eschem. This that he says you. The have leilemeimer asher tziva havaya likeinu oisanu. It should have said which Hashem our God has commanded us. Oi. Or that Hashem our God has commanded. He could have just said, what are all these mitzvahs that Hashem our God has commanded? Why does he have to say anything after that? Why does he need to add the word eschem? So even though certainly he's saying aleikeinu, and he's saying that he recognizes that he is a yid too, and that he has the mitzvahs too, but what's the reason for him Using the word Eschem in the first place. We're going to start with a basic perspective from Chsidis to answer this question. It's a question which is developed very deeply in many earlier Maimari Chsidis, and the Rebbe brings down the point of this answer, the point of how this answer is developed. According to that which is known. And this is a very fundamental perspective of Chassidus. This following point that is known, the Kiyom HaMitzvah Shalaavis Havi Be'ikar Aveda Ruchnes. The fulfillment of mitzvahs that was performed by the Aves, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. By our forefathers before Matantera, Haya Biikr Aveda Ruchnis, it was primarily a spiritual Aveda. The physical action which they did, it was like a kli, a vessel, Lo Aveda Ruchnis, to the spiritual Aveda. The mitzvahs, however, that were given by Matan Ikram, their primary purpose, is the actual action. The performance of the mitzvah is not a 
a preparation or a clean, a vessel, the kavanasa to the intention, to the depths behind the mitzvah. Allah on the contrary, ha'asiya hi ha'iker ha'maisa hu ha'iker. The action is the main thing. The main thing is the performance of the mitzvah itself. In general, in a person's actions, a person, a person's actions are a connection between a physical action, his body doing a certain performance, and an expression of his neshama, his soul, his feelings, his thoughts, his self. Let's take, for example, a person who's happy. Now, a person who's happy, there are two ways to correlate his actions with his self. One is milmaila lamata. He's happy. Why is he happy? He's happy because his nefesh is happy. He's feeling happy. What does he do when he feels happy? He starts to smile. What does he do when he's feeling even happier? He starts to hum a song. He starts to clap. He gets up and dances. It's Rishchidosh Adar today. Mar bin Basimcha. No? So the happiness should express itself. You feel happy inside, you should see an expression of that happiness in your actions, in your behavior, in what you do. If there isn't an expression, it's a very subtle happiness. The stronger that happiness is, the more it will be expressed in your behavior. So that's milmaila lamata from above, meaning the soul, lamata below to the goof, to the body. What's a person supposed to do if it's Rishchei Shadr and he's not feeling happy? He should sing a song and clap and dance. Because if he sings a song and he should smile, if he sings a song and he claps and he dances and he smiles, then that will affect his neshama as well. That's milmata lamayla. The actions are affecting the soul. A person who behaves happy is a person who will end up feeling happy. By behaving in a way which is expressing joy, that will affect Ben. It will affect you. You start feeling joyous, right? Externally happy will bring you to internally happy also. So that's malmatab from below, from the gulf to the nefesh. But in both of these situations, what's the objective? What's the main point? What's the main idea that is being transferred over here? That the person is happy. The actions aren't so important. It doesn't matter what song you're singing. It doesn't matter if you dance or you just clap or you clap you, you clap and you don't dance. What's important is the happiness, the joy that the neshama feels, that the nefesh feels. The actions are just an expression of that. 
how you're going to reach that expression if you're going to reach it by making a somersault or by smiling very widely from ear to ear that's not important the mitzvahs that the others did before Matan Torah were tapping into a certain energy a certain godliness a certain spirituality and by tapping into that energy they had some type of physical manifestation of that energy. The physical manifestation is either a hachana, a preparation to bring you to that point, that's where it's milmata lamaila from below to above, or a kli, a vessel to express that energy, that's where it's coming, milmaila lamata from above to below, but the main point is that it's not about the action, it's about the energy. So, for example, Yaakov Avinu tapped into the energy of putting on tefillin. What did he do? Sticks. He whittled sticks. What does whittling sticks have to do with wrapping tefillin? I have no idea. Part of why I have no idea is because I've never really experienced the spiritual energy of putting on tefillin the way that Yaakov Avinu did. I tap into just the very basic action of wrapping the tefillin around my arm, and hopefully, and it's something which is important by tefillin also to have the kavana, hopefully I also have the shibud halev v'hamayach, the subjugation of heart and mind to Hashem that's represented in the putting on of tefillin. But... I've never really felt the deep, holy, spiritual, godly kavana that lies behind putting on tefillin. So I can't tell you how whittling sticks is able to express it, but the truth is that by Yaakov Avinu, it didn't matter. He could have whittled sticks, or he could have done something else, chopped wood. Ran a marathon. Scratched his nose. Anything. It doesn't matter what it was. The main point was, does it matter if you're clapping or dancing, if you're singing or smiling? The main point is that it's expressing this inner kavana, this inner intention, this inner idea. That's Bayakiv Avinu. By Yaakov Avinu, let's say he would have whittled sticks without the spiritual energy behind it, then his whittling sticks would have been just that, whittling sticks. Absolutely nothing and absolutely meaningless. Correct? By us, it's very different. We're not trying to use the Maisa as a medium to the Kavana. This does not mean to say that there isn't a better performance of a mitzvah when you do it with kavana. As Chazal teach us, that mitzvah belay kavana keguf belay neshama. If you do something, if you perform a mitzvah without intention, then it's like a body without a soul. However, when we perform a mitzvah, 
really the kavana is irrelevant. Hamaisahu ha'ikar. The main thing is action. This is a principle in Chassidus, in the ideas of Chassidus, that without Chassidus was never so clear. The understanding without Chassidus that you read in earlier sources is that the Asiya, the Maisa, the Mitzvah is a way to reach the Kavana. Why are you putting on Tefillin? Because putting on Tefillin will bring you to Shibut Aleiva Mayach. Why are you eating Matzah? Because eating Matzah will bring you to a feeling of Emuna. When you think about what the matzah represents and why we're commanded to eat it, it will bring you to a feeling of emuna, the faith in Hashem, that Hashem runs the world and takes care of us. Bitachin, trust in Hashem, that Hashem will do everything good for us. That's what the matzah will do for us. It's a michla demem nusa. Comes chsidus, chsidus says, cut out the middleman. Forget about a means to an end. The action is the main thing. Dance. And that dancing, that's the deepest expression. Or rather, eat matzah, put on tefillin. And even if you do it without thinking at all, it's still going to have a desired effect. Now certainly you can enhance that effect by thinking about it more, by connecting to it more, by engaging your mind. The one area where this is not true for sure is by davening. Davening, you have to use your mind and heart in order to be able to daven. You have to think about what you're saying and feel the words in your heart. Otherwise, you're not really doing anything. But in mitzvahs, hamaisahu ikr. That's a very deep idea. The main thing is to act. This is like a person who wants to be happy and he goes and paints a smile on his face. A clown. He paints a smile on his face. Does that make him happy? Does that make him happy painting a smile on his face? But this is what a Maisel means. It's all about having that smile there. I don't care what the smile is representing. Have you with me? It's a very deep idea. We see this, for example, by Avram Avinu. We're taught that Avram Avinu was entertaining Hashem. And in entertaining Hashem, he said, wait one minute. There are some Arabs passing by who look like they don't have anywhere to be. I'm going to go and perform the mitzvah of Achnasas Archim. From this, Chazal teach us that that receiving guests is as great, even greater, than receiving the Divine Presence itself. Because Avram Avinu was ready to say to Hashem, I'll come back to you, but right now I have something more important to do. To receive guests. The problem was that those guests were 
Where? Malachim. Well, angels. They were Malachim. They were angels. In other words, they weren't real guests. That would mean that Avram Avinu ran away from Hashem for a mirage, for something not real. Isn't a, a Shiloh, though, if Avram Avinu knew that they were Malachim? He did not. Of course he did not. At least not according to the Pshat of the Pasuk. But to suggest that Avram Avinu would abandon Hashem for something fake. You can't suggest something like that. So what happened? The answer is that by Avram, at least a answer is, and one answer to this question is, that by Avram Avinu, it wasn't about the performance of the mitzvah of By us, it's about performing the mitzvah. We have many stories of tzaddikim and gedolim. The, the stories about the Rebbe uh, uh, like this as well, but many others too, where they went and helped someone else in a practical way. They were there to offer assistance for things that they needed. And the person felt all bad that here, this great person is coming and helping me. Sometimes they didn't know at the time who it was, and they found out later, and they felt bad. He said, how can you go and do this for me? And the answer, the, the common answer always is, we too have a mitzvah, a practical mitzvah, a physical mitzvah of Hachnas Asarchim. There was one story with one gadol that... Uh, when this question was asked to him, he said that his guest, who was all concerned that this gadol was waiting on him hand and foot, he said that his guest should receive Hagba in the minion the next day. And uh, when he, the guest went up to do the Hagba, the gadol ran over to the tower and he said, here, here, let me help you, let me do it for you. <laughs> So the person said, Rebbe, it's my mitzvah to lift up the Torah. It's not a burden, it's not a yoke, it's a mitzvah. And this person responded and said, exactly by me the same way. It's my mitzvah to do achnas arkim, to welcome guests. Why are you trying to take it away from me, so to speak, by, by not allowing me to serve you and to give you what you need, etc. But that's by us. By Avram Avinu, it wasn't about the action. By Avram Avinu, it was about the feeling of Achnas Asarchim. The mitzvahs of the Avais was about the kavana, about the feeling, about the nefesh, about the neshama. The action was irrelevant. And therefore, the feeling of Achnas Asarchim was more important than Atbalas Pnei It didn't matter if they were real guests or fake guests. But by us is different. By us, Hamaisa Huha Iker. The main thing is action. To do the action. And this idea is going to help us appreciate the question of the Benachacham and the answer which we give him on our first level. On the, the, the first level of this Mimer. But uh, we're out of time for now. 
So I'm going to have to stop over here, and we'll continue Bezus Hashem Sunday morning. Um, so how does Rabbi know that he should stop and go pre-guessing the tongue? How did he know that Gedela? That's an excellent question. That's an excellent question. The Mepharshim discussed it. Where did Avram Avinu know that Gedela? Who did he learn it from? So there are answers. He learned it from Hashem himself. One answer that it says is, we know that Hashem made it very, very hot so that there shouldn't be guests. Right? Because he didn't want Avram Avinu to be bothered. Now Avram Avinu thought and said, if Hashem made it so hot, why did he make it so hot? He made it hot so he shouldn't go Greek guests. But he didn't have to make it hot. All he had to do is come and I'll entertain him, so to speak. And then I'm not going to go guess, get guests. Because how could I get, go get guests if I'm entertaining the Shekhinah itself? It must be that just entertaining the Shekhinah is not sufficient. And if there are guests while I'm entertaining the Shekhinah, I would have to go and greet them. So Avram Avinu learned it from Hashem himself in that way. But it's an excellent question. Okay, we'll stop over here for today.